you know, there, there is a great joy with growing product that, you know, ends up to feed consumers. So, that you know, that, that never leaves you. Whether you're a small producer or a large producer, the, the passion doesn't change. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. It's hard to get your head around picking and packing half a million dollars worth of produce in a single day. But for the six weeks that Kensington Pride mangoes are in season, that's exactly what happens on Matt Polisi's farm in the Northern Territory. Red Rich Fruits is a family farming business with Matt part of the third generation. The family started in Victoria's Yarra Valley, but they now farm much further afield, working through apples, pears, stone fruit, mandarins, mangoes and citrus to ensure a year-round fruity business. I'm Matthew Polisi. I'm from a business called Red Rich Fruits, so we're a farming business that started in the Yarra Valley in 1948, so we're third generation now. Started with our first apple tree in 1948 and has expanded to over 2,000 acres across three major growing regions in the country. We grow apples and pears, stone fruit, Kensington Pride mangoes and mandarins. We've evolved with the business, so I sort of started in the distribution side of the business uh, early on. And then as we expanded outside of Victoria into the Sydney market stand and into farming into Queensland, so my roles evolved from mainly sort of sales and distribution into the farming side, which is mangoes in the Northern Territory, citrus in Gainda, and then I look after the distribution channels that we've got through the Sydney markets and our Eastern Creek packing facility as well. So we're pretty much integrated from the farm to the to retail outlets for our products. We're a proud family business too, so it's good to have, you know, you know, especially the Rampolian family, which is, you know, they're, they're the original founders of the business. So, you know, we've got a lot of family members in the business. It's, you know, it's it's a great environment to 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 be a part of and to and to, to grow up in and and we've got lots of younger generations through. So it's it's a typical farming a farming lifestyle. Red Rich Fruits has been farming since 1948, but the family only started growing mangoes in 2016. It quickly became a huge part of their yearly cycle of growth and harvest. Over time, Matt has tapped into the rhythms which lead to juicy mangoes in Australian fruit bowls. So we, we bought our first mango farm five years ago, so I think this is our fifth season farming mango. So we grow Australia's favourite mango, the Kensington Pride Mango. We're currently in our peak harvest, so we're stripping the trees from the fruit with the fruit that's left and very excited to get, you know, a great tasting product to the consumers ar- around the country. You only get one crop a year, so we're looking at between, so the trees, so in Darwin we get a wet season, so November to, you know, March, usually we get heavy monsoonal rain, so that the ground gets soaked, the tree sort of stresses itself, as it, as it warms up into, you know, April, May, June, so you're looking to get the tree, so the tree has a period of stress. And then as it warms up, it looks to, you know, survive and throw flowers. So we, we expect a flower between May and sometime in May to mid-July, depending on the season. And from that date, you're probably looking at 110 days grow cycle, depending on weather, from when the tree flowers to when we harvest that beautiful piece of fruit at the end. Mangoes are a little tricky to harvest. The pickers need to select fruit at just the right stage of ripeness. 
a trained eye is important, with some mechanical aids ensuring that pickers can work comfortably, consistently and efficiently. When, when, you're, when you're farming any particular crop, you've put so much blood, sweat and tears and effort into getting that crop. You know, you, you want to do everything you can to take care of that product towards the end of that cycle. So, so we've got a very experienced crew, so we put a heaps of effort into making sure that anyone that's harvesting our fruit is experienced and knows what they're doing and then we put a lot of a lot of effort into to managing that process so in mangoes in particular they'll go through the orchard once and pick all of the colored fruit that's most ripe to make sure that the first pick is you know we're taking that fruit off the tree as it ripens so it's traditionally between one pick and three picks on an orchard so you'll do one or two select picks and then you'll come in and you know clean up that last flower so we've got, well, well, they're called picking aids or cherry pickers. So we've got two, two ways of picking mango. So a cherry picker will have one person operating and they'll, they'll move through the orchard while they're on a raised platform and pick the fruit. Or, and the other alternative is, is we've got a picking aid which have, will have four to six people walking around the picking aid that are picking the fruit with poles. So we're picking poles and then they throw it through and then it goes through a, a, a mango wash solution and then into the bin before it heads to the pack house. So they're the two primary ways we use to pick fruit. And look, any one particular person can pick between three and seven bins a day. Our shed up there, we pack approximately 200 bins a day, which would be you know, close to 12,000 boxes. And that would be um, a market value of uh, just our business alone would have $500,000 worth of mangoes packed and distributed every day. And we go for about oh, six weeks in full full swing. So, And that's just our business. So the industry would be even more than that. It, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot. Well, like any fruit, like, like any, any fruit product, it's, Obviously, there's the, you've got a critical harvest window, so you're doing everything you can to get all of that fruit off within you know, a particular time frame. And in our business, we try and get that product off the tree and to a consumer within you know, 10 days of harvest, considering it's five days from the Northern Territory to get it to any major city. Mangoes mean summer, but Matt Polisi's Darwin Farms actually come in around August before the harvest moves south and east. What is it about mangoes that gets him especially excited? Peak season is they probably eat the best from September onwards. In September into Christmas for Kensington Pride is probably the peak season for us, but you've got three regions that come into that. So our farms are in Darwin and then as we finish towards the end of October, you'll get fruit that comes out of the Catherine growing region and then Townsville growing region. But again, that grape flavour sort of lasts the whole way through. We put all of our effort into growing the best quality product we can for the consumer. And I think in today's world that most of most consumers are looking for the most beautiful product, you know, the one that lasts the longest on the shelf and have forgotten that we're eating food and we need to be passionate about that. So we're all about flavour at Red Rich Fruits. And I put the challenge out to anyone to tell me there is a better tasting piece of fruit on the market than the Kensington Pride Mango. And I, you know, I don't think there'd be many people that disagree with me. For us, the Kensington Pride Mango, it's the full fruit experience. So it's the aroma, it's the, you know, the, the texture of the fruit, it's the juice, 
it's that whole feeling of summer and, you know, you, you, you don't get that with a lot of the fruit products on the market at the moment. They might not be as beautiful as some of the other pieces of fruit with a slightly green tinge or, you know, like a few spots, but they eat better than any piece of fruit in the produce department and that's, that's what keeps us excited and keeps us on the pursuit of perfection when we're growing them. Oh, I'm a traditionalist. I, I, I like to cut the cheeks and eat them, scoop them straight out of, straight out of the fruit. But it's uh, look, it's it's versatile. So like I usually use I use them in smoothies. I have them. I have one a day this time of year anyway. Once we're once we're in harvest, but they're so good in salads or on the grill. Like they're they're a versatile piece of fruit. It's honestly the foodies the foodies fruit. You know, like you can, you can juice, you can use it in smoothies, fresh cut or grilled, or even in salads. Like it's pretty versatile. It's not easy farming in tropical northern Australia. Matt feels fortunate to have keen, skilled international workers from the Pacific. They live in provided accommodation for six to nine months each year and are completely integrated into the farming seasons and family. Darwin is obviously tropical climate, so we're, we're talking 34 degrees every day. Humidity between 50% in the dry season and 95% in the in the wet season. So at the moment now, our harvest crews are probably enduring 34 to 38 degree heat and 70 or 8 to 90% humidity. Uh, the trees are approximately six metres wide. The, sorry, the rows are approximately six metres wide and then four to six metres between each tree. So, we're, you know, it, it's, it's, you're not getting a lot of trees per hectare because they are a large tree. But it's um, it's pretty extreme the conditions up there, and we're very thankful to the Pacific Islander program that we have, and then we've got some great workers from the East Timorese and Vanuatu workers, and they do a great job for us up there, helping us get the crop off the tree. We've got a core group that come over for six to nine months a year, so we we were we've we were an early adopter of the program, so we've been using international workers for four seasons now. And obviously, during COVID, that has you know accelerated for most businesses. So we've got a core group of sort of thirty-two people that come over every year, the, and managers. So that goes up to seventy. So they stay on farm or in accommodation we've organised for them, and you know we provide transportation and you know manage manage the process for them. And and, it, and it's been great because we've got, like I said, we've got a core group of workers now that come over. They can stay six to nine months. They know how to do every job. They've become part of the family. It, it creates a great work environment on the farm. They love they love what they do, and they're they're excited about you know being part of the industry. So it's 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 been great. It's a been great program for us. The the access to the funds they get for working here has changed most of their lives. So uh, I don't know the rough the rough guidelines on it, but they get probably over a month worth of equivalent wages from their own their home island to what they get per week here so it, it is a great program for them and look they've got a willingness and a happiness about them that makes makes coming to work fun it's they're gen, they're genuinely a happy people and look to be to be honest our industry would be in, in real trouble without access to that program like with the, with the pandemic causing the labor shortage that it has we wouldn't we wouldn't have a lot of produce on our tables without the program so we're very we're very thankful farming is always subject to the elements and it's rain at the wrong time that makes things particularly tricky for mango farmers 
most of the trouble in mangoes is weather, so it's rain. So we like a little bit of rain to help the trees grow the fruit, but we don't like a lot of rain. So like La Nina this year has caused a huge amount of problems for us. So while the fruit still eats great, there's a bigger percentage of fruit that's sort of outside, you know, you would consider outside chain store specification because of that continued rain through the region at the moment. You know, so you, one, you can't pick in the rain and two, it creates, you know, the fruit gets wet so it's easier to mark or, you know, like it can rub a little, little, you know, on other pieces of fruit. So you get that downgrade where you've got an external mark but the internals are still fine. So that's that's the major issue with, with weather and harvest. Making the most of the enormous investment in growing produce means using as much of the crop as possible and innovating in terms of water use, packaging and food miles. Matt explains. We also own and operate a Punt Road Wines and have made apple and pear cider. So like in, a, in the apple and pear side of our business, we utilise 100% of the crop. So we have obviously, you know, our premium grade, which goes to market and then anything that's outside specification, we use and turn into apple cider or pear cider, which is a great, which is pretty much a great initiative for 100% crop utilisation. Our mangoes, anything that's deemed to be, you know, not usable or juice grade goes to Gingin and Dry and they dry the mangoes, they process for juice, they do a whole bunch of other things. So we, we pretty much have a focus here to try and use every piece of fruit that comes off every one of our properties to reduce any unnecessary food waste. On every site, we look to catch as much rain as we can and put it into our dams to, to use that. So water, water management is a huge part of our business to obviously use less and to better manage that. Through all our package products, we've got the, the you know, similar targets to, to the, with the APCO standard. So we're going to be 100% recyclable by 2025. It, it'll happen quicker for us because we've, we've been fairly aggressive with changing anything over that's not not outside that standard. And then two, we're looking, you know, obviously at, at end-to-end solutions. So we try and minimise the, the miles, the food travels to any particular customer or region and, and we're, go, we're going through as much sustainability farming, you know, by, by sustainable farming as we can to look at, you know, how you reduce use of fertilisers and, you know, you know, insecticides or fungicides or any of that sort of stuff. Look, it's end-to-end now and obviously we're, we're farming, we're a private family farm, so we're, we're farming for long term. So we're doing everything we can along that chain to be as sustainable as we can and, and as, you know, have least amount of impact on the environment as we can. Most consumers think of mangoes as a fresh fruit for smoothies, fruit salads and snacks. Matt believes that's just the beginning. We, we supply a lot of restaurants and food service providers. So look, ma- mangoes is a versatile, versatile fruit, and there are a lot of there are a lot of restaurants and and you know food service operators that that do use Kensington Pride Mango. I think um, a lot more needs to be done to educate consumers and to educate restaurants in terms of you know the the benefits and the flavour profiles and what mangoes to choose when which is, you know, part of part of our marketing mission, I, I suppose you could say, because, you know, like, like I said, if you can get that product to a consumer, and Danny, you know yourself, if you eat a Kensington Pride Mango, it gives you that nostalgia of summer and, you know, that great experience eating a piece of fruit. And, and I think that translates through, you know, most, most hospitality sort of sectors. 
Farming is incredibly challenging. Is that a positive or a negative from Matt's perspective? And what tips does he have for consumers dealing with price rises? I love most of it. I think the challenges, the challenges get you out of, out of bed every day because we've, you know, we've got Mother Nature. So every day we've got to worry about what's happening with the weather. We've got to worry about trucks, getting enough trucks to be able to move the product around the country. We've got to have enough staff to be able to do it. I think, I think the level of challenge and the dynamic nature of our industry keeps you keeps you engaged and keeps you passionate about, you know, overcoming those challenges to deliver the product around the country. So I um yeah, I honestly believe that we're we're in the best industry. The, the message the main messages we want to convey to consumers is, you know, know your produce, be passionate about it, you know, be creative. So like, you know, obviously with all the cost of living pressures at the moment, there's a huge discussion about food inflation and whatnot. In most fresh produce lines, if you shop for value, there is great value to be had across whether you're trying to juice it, smoothies, or just eat snack with the lines, whether it's fruit or vegetables. If you look for value, there is great value there and you can eat very well in Australia for a little amount of money. Matt Polisi is embedded in the family business, devoted to growing, packing, distributing, marketing and exporting fresh fruit. It's a modern company with orchards, cool storage, ripening, packing and distribution facilities at key sites around the country. Matt Polisi is committed to modernising and innovating, but it's largely in service to simple pleasures. A mango smoothie in summer, a crisp apple in autumn, and the knowledge that he's growing nutritious food for the community. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.